Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And yesterday afternoon, a 12 o'clock matinee, last of three between the Marlins and the Mets. Dan Castano went opposite of David Peterson. And with a recap, as always, here is Glenn Yefner. Well, that was fun. The Marlins take down the Mets 3-2 this afternoon here at Lone Depot Park. This game was 2-2 from the third inning until the last pitch of the day with two outs in the bottom half of the ninth inning. Nick Fortes, a walk-off solo home run. And the Marlins salvage final game of this three-game set to finish 4-2 on this now-completed six-game homestand. Dan Castano started against David Peterson, a matchup of left-handers, and both struggled early and then found their footing and wound up having very good days. Castano in the top of the first, a lot of leadoff double to Brandon Nimmo, then he walked Starling Marte, but he came back to retire three in a row. Lindor, Alonzo, and Canna. Lindor a fly ball to right, Alonzo a fly ball to left, and Canna on the strikeout. We went to the bottom of the first in a scoreless affair. Peterson allowed a leadoff double, just as Castano had. This time it was John Birdie from Miami doubling to right field. He would take third base and a Miguel Rojas ground ball. So with one out in the bottom of the first, Marlins had a man 90 feet away for the D.H. Garrett Cooper. Two in the fifth and two in the sixth. There's a ball ripped out toward left center, moving over Canna on the run, makes the catch. Birdie tags, he'll come home. And on a Garrett Cooper sack fly, the Marlins jump out to a one nothing lead in the first. So Coop knocks in his 35th. So Coop had the RBI, but he would finish the day 0 for 3 today, bringing his 10-game hitting streak to a close. one nothing Miami into the second. Again, a leadoff double for the Mets. This time, J.D. Davis did the honors, but Gastano retired the 7-8-9 men. Escobar, Guillorme, and McCann. We went to the third. Marlins up one nothing, but that lead did not last for long. Leading off the top of the third, facing Gastano, Brandon Nimmo. First pitch on the way, and the lefty batter slugs one center field and deep. Sanchez back, and that one's out of here. A home run to dead center by Brandon Nimmo, tying the score at one in the top of the third. Oh, Nimmo's caught fire. Now 11 for his last 24. He's 6 for 11 in this series, two doubles and a homer. Well, and it's kind of funny, both of them. So Nimmo's long ball evened the score. Starling Marte followed with a double. And after Francisco Lindor grounded to third, Marte was at second with one out for the Major League RBI leader, Pete Alonso two in the American League. There's a ball flared over Aguilar. Fair down the right field line. Marte's going to score. Alonzo's digging for a double, and there won't be a throw. Goes in head first anyway. 
The Alonzo RBI double makes it 2-1 Mets. It was 2-1 into the bottom half of the third inning. Two outs, nobody on. And Miguel Rojas delivered for Miami. Here Rojas deep to left, way back. Canna at the wall, leaps, can't get it. Home run, Miguel Rojas to tie this game at two. I hope that ball landed in one of those unlimited mimosas that they have out there today for the Sunday brunch. It's the sixth souvenir Miggy has sent out of the ballpark so far in 2022. And at that point, it was 2-2 in the third. But both pitchers got on a roll after that third inning. If you look on the Castano's side, after the Alonzo RBI double made it 2-1, he went on to retire the next seven in a row, and he would set down 14 of the final 15 batters he faced from the Canna ground out to third base for the second out in the third inning through the final pitch he threw in the seventh. The only man to reach against Castano was Francisco Lindor, who walked with two outs in the fifth inning. Castano retired 14 of the final 15 to get through the seventh inning for the first time in his career today. Seven innings, five hits, two runs, walked two, struck out four, allowed the home run to Nimmo, 93 pitches, 62 strikes. Now on the other side, a similar roll for David Peterson. After the Rojas homer with two outs in the third, he would get through seven, allowing only one more base runner. Eric Gonzalez, just up in AAA today, doubled with two outs in the fifth inning. But Peterson would retire 13 of the final 14 he faced, including each of the last seven in a row. So both pitchers threw seven. Peterson, two runs, four hits, no walks, a season high, eight strikeouts. Allowed the home run to Rojas, 204 pitches, 66 strikes. This game went to the bullpens, 2-2 in the eighth inning. Stephen Okert retired the first two men in the top of the eighth. He then walked Pete Alonzo before Mark Canna grounded out. In the bottom of the eighth, Tommy Hunter out of the pen, allowed a two-out hit to John Birdie. But Miguel Rojas grounded out, ending that inning. And we went to the ninth. The Marlins and Mets 2-2. Tanner Scott out of the bullpen. He walked the first man, J.D. Davis. He wild pitched him down to second base. Came back to strike out Eduardo Escobar for the first out. Luis Guillorme then grounded to second for the second out with Davis taking third. So now the Mets had the go-ahead man 90 feet away. Two outs, top of the ninth inning. Davis at third, and James McCann stepped in against Tanner Scott. Again, the payoff pitch to McCann. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with the slider. And the Mets leave the go-ahead man at third base in the top of the ninth. So it was 2-2 into the last of the ninth. Adam Adovino out of the bullpen for New York, having a good year. He got Cooper on a fly ball to deep right for the first out. Jesus Aguilar hit a line drive that looked like he was ticketed for right center field for a hit, but a wonderful diving play to his left by the second baseman, Luis Guillorme, who was shaded up the middle. Had he been a step further to his right, he would not have made the play. It was a spectacular play by Guillorme for the second out in the ninth. And we were an out away from extra innings, 2-2, bottom of the ninth. But Nick Fortes said, no, nope, let's get to St. Louis. 0-1 to Fortes. He's hit well, deep to left, way back. Nick Fortes has walked it off for the Marlins. They come pouring out of the third base dugout. The rookie catcher, Fortes, with his first big league walk-off homer. It's his third of the season, and the Marlins stun the Mets 3-2. What a scene at home plate. 
What a swing, Glenn, on a slider. That's our big play of the game. What else could it have been? Brought to you by Alligator Alley, Harley-Davidson, and Palm Beach Harley-Davidson, the number one volume Harley dealer group in South Florida. So on the Fortes walk-off home run, the Marlins beat the Mets 3-2. Three, three runs, six hits, no errors. Three left for the Mets. Two runs, five hits, no errors. They strand seven. The Mets went one for 13 in this game with runners in scoring position. They came in leading the majors, hitting 281 with runners in scoring position. Today, one for 13. Tanner Scott, the winner in relief, three and two. Adam Adovino, the loser, two and two. Time of the ball game, two hours, 44 minutes in front of just under 20,000 here at Lone Depot Park, 19,347. So the Marlins with the win improved to 33 and 38 on the year. They're 19 and 16 here at home where they have won seven of their last nine. The Mets, meanwhile, finished two and three on their road trip, losing two straight in Houston and then winning two out of three here in Miami. Mets are 47 and 27 and 23 and 17 on the road. For Miami, a four and two homestand, sweeping three straight from Colorado and now winning the final game of this three game set against the New York Mets. A winning combination, strikeouts and charity. Marlins are committed to fighting cancer in our community and are proud to partner with AutoNation to support their Drive Pink initiative. With every strikeout recorded by Marlins pitcher, $25 be donated to charities supporting a cure. Today, 6Ks, that means another $150 for this season. 612 strikeouts, $15,300 from the Marlins to AutoNation's Drive Pink initiative. How about that walk-off win for the Marlins? Thanks to Nick Fortes. Terrific outing by Dan Castano. A bunch of folks to hear from. Before we hear from anybody, let's step aside for a quick commercial break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back with you on Marlins Rewind. Let's hear from Don Mattingly after the Marlins walk-off win yesterday. Donnie, uh, Nick Fortes, walk-off home run, help you guys at least avoid the sweep. Just the emotions of that hit for the club, and then to see a kid like him who's been starting to show you guys what you can do up here to be able to have that moment. No, obviously a huge moment. Anytime you do that as a player, it's just a great feeling. Couldn't came in a really better time for us from the standpoint of just kind of trying to stay afloat, get, trying to get our guys back on the field. Um, yeah, for him to be able to do that. Did a nice job behind the plate today too. You know, obviously, you know, taking our taking Daniel through that game and then our relievers, so he did a did a nice job today. That ninth inning in particular for him behind the plate. <laughs> just a lot of balls he had to block. Well, now just... Yeah, Tanner with that slider, I mean when he wants to try to shorten it, it's it's hard to lay off of, but it's probably also hard to block. And uh so, you know, again, nice job of, of kind of keeping that there. Uh, I know the one in front there got 
looked like he just didn't get a handle on that ball coming up. But, um, you know, again, he did a nice job. With Castano, uh, first three innings, Mets that's gone pretty hard, and then he holds them down through the seventh. What Did you see anything change with him? And what has it been like watching him through this game and then also the few starts he's had this year? That he's looked pretty good out there for you. Yeah, I think early on it was a little scary, right, when you – you know, Nemo leads it off with the double, and then it. And I think he walks Starlin, right? And it's like, oh, here we go, right? And running into their their monsters. But he was able to get out of that, made some pitches. Uh, a couple of the innings he made pitches. And I think that's the biggest thing with, with Daniel is he has to continue to make pitches. And you can't, he can't give in and all of a sudden start throwing the ball over the middle of the plate. He's, he's got to continue to make pitches, and that's really what he did all day today. Last night you had mentioned, you know, just with the way the series has gone, that they seem to be making more plays. I guess today, just were there any that stood out in particular you thought that helped swing the tide maybe, other than obviously the walk-off? <laughs> yeah, I think just, again, I think offensively just, you know, the bouncing back, right? You know, they we get on the board early, they get the two, we come back and get one right away. Miggy gets us tied again. Uh, the, those things for me. Uh, Eric Gonzalez, I thought, made some plays at short or from third that, I mean, like we just haven't been making and, and really just physically probably weren't capable of making. And having him over at third today in, in that range with him and Miggy and on that side of the diamond with Daniel and all the ground balls on that side, you know, he was, he was flawless over there. And I think that kind of changed, you know, things for us where defensively we were a lot better. I think the perception of Castano would be here as a guy that's been up and down for parts of three seasons, doesn't pitch too deep into games if you just look at the back of his baseball card. But, I mean, two of his three this year has held down some incredible lineups offensively. I mean, what type of pitch, pitcher do you think this guy can be? I mean, I think we're seeing what he kind of is. You know, I think he's a, he's an add and subtract guy in a game. Uh, today's game is power. It's hard, 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 really high velos. Guys that pitch like he he does, you don't see anymore, very seldom, right? So it's a different look. And if he's able to like soft and soft and soft and add a fastball, cut a fastball, those guys are tough for guys because they make you deal with a lot as a hitter. And again, in today's game, there's so much power and velo that you don't see this type of guy anymore. Uh, are you rare? I shouldn't say anymore, but you rarely see this type of guy. Is there? Going back to Fortes, a, a comp you would make just, you know, as a catcher uh, that you've seen so far? To Nick? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think it starts off as a hit first guy, right? And, and really, last year, it, it was pretty rough, actually, behind the plate. The blocking wasn't good. Um, and, you know, Eddie stayed with him, I think, and... And his numbers were good in the minor leagues for all those things. So it was like, okay, was he nervous? What was going on last year? Is it first time in the big leagues? Things like that. And um, spring was a little rough. And, you know, obviously was able to go down and catch a lot. But, like, the blocking's been really, for me, really, really good. Uh, and the game calling's getting better, right? He's being more assertive uh, within our staff. And that's really what we demand out of the catchers is guys that can handle the staff uh, that are going to demand the you know, the respect of the pitchers for calling a game and doing the things that are, you know, all about the pitcher. And, you know, I think he's grown in that area, and that's really the area that you want him to continue to grow in. You feel like he's going to hit. 
he's got a he's got a good swing and a good idea what he wants to do up there. No jazz, no Avi, no Solar. They just updates on MRL. Then okay, was it just a day or? Yeah, uh, you know, three different guys, but uh, Soli was more of a day. Uh, jazz, a day, uh, really, as far as you know, making sure the the back thing he comes out of the game the other day, plays yesterday. Uh, early, early game today. We'll see where that goes. I don't know where that's going to go. Avi has been kind of nursing a little bit of a hammy. Probably could have went today, but we didn't want to push him, wanted to get him healthy. Uh, so uh, expect him, you know, I'm not quite sure what to expect tomorrow, um, but we'll, we'll see what we get. We'll see what we get. Left or right for Avi, the hamstring? I think it's left. I'm pretty sure it's left. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that, though. I mean, Jason could probably get it, but... I know he was the other day. It was, um, it was more than just the hammy. It was a whole, like, you know, like some hip stuff and everything else. So that's a lot better today. But hopefully tomorrow we're ready to go. And with Castano, I believe he was at 93 pitches through seven. Was there any conversation between you and Mel about him possibly going back out for the eighth? No, not really. He was at a pitch count that you know we took him through the eighth in, in Philly, but his pitch count was a little better, and we were in a lot worse shape. We had our best guys ready today. Like Okert had, had gotten a couple of days rest, so he was good. We felt like he was the best guy trying to run back through Marte in, in that lineup again, giving him giving those guys four shots at Daniel. Uh, it's probably not that we didn't feel like it was the best idea. So, And we felt like he did his job, right? He got us to that point. Our, our two back-end guys are that we would consider our kind of seven, eight, eight, nine guys uh, were all available. And with Tanner in the ninth down, do you think that's kind of his job to lose at this point with the way that he's pitched and the way that he's just able to put guys away with that fastball and slider combination? He's been good. I've, I've kind of haven't had to really say who our guy is, but I think I've said it by <laughs> all our actions, right? Everything but say it. Uh, so I think he, at this point, knows he's getting the ball in the ninth. Our guys know where we're going, so was Don Mattingly after the Marlins' walk-off win over the New York Mets. Let's hear from Dan Castano after seven terrific innings. Seven innings against that lineup. What specifically was working for you? And specifically after Alonzo gets the double in the third, you were able to shut them down after. What adjustments did you make, and how were you able to keep them in check? Uh, just really trying to slow the game down. Um, you know, my first inning, I didn't really have time to think, and it was just like, there's a ton of things going on. Slow the game down. Go one pitch at a time. Um, and today, that was just kind of my goal going into it. Just really slow the game down. Whenever I'd get in a little bit of trouble, so what? Ne- on to the next pitch. Um, and that really just helped me to be able to execute when I needed to. Um, had a really sweet morning with my wife and my son. Had breakfast ready. Had a good night's rest. Stott and I had a really good work of we- uh, working. Good week of work. Um, and we're able just to throw a couple more fours, work on some sliders, and it, it panned out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, even in that first inning, the first two reach, and in the middle of their order, you're able to retire them. I think your cutter and slider, I think the broadcast was saying in particular, just is that something you were trying to, you know, you saw that, oh, I can expose them that way. It's, there were some areas where I felt comfortable, more comfortable than others. Um, I think that whole lane is crucial. Um, I know my cutter has been a good pitch for me, but if I don't get a four in there and then throw the slider off of it, they can start sitting on that. That you know, these are some of the best hitters in the world. So um, just respect that, and then occasionally dropping the change up. And just I, I'm a guy who needs to mix, obviously. Um, 
So Stott, Stott really encouraged me just like trust that four. You know, it may not be like a Sandy or a, you know, Trevor four seam, but like it serves its purpose. And we had three, four, five outs with it, which, you know, you take everyone you can get. You mentioned you need your mix and also obviously your, your defense. And Donny was talking about having Gonzalez at their media church. So just how good is to rely on them as well, knowing that you have a yeah I mean all our defenders are outstanding it's like it doesn't matter who's behind me I know they're all going to make the play but I, I do remember in the first inning when I caught the ball up to the throw around I was like man look at this defense today like if I can just attack the zone like there's no ball that's going to get through and you know we saw every hole was covered um, for the most part so that was that was a really sweet thing to have those guys behind me and then Nick catching you just sweet to his game behind the plate and then also actually the walk off to Man, yeah, I was so fired up. I was in the training room, and I just sprinted out of there, threw on my clothes, ran outside. I was supposed to wait for high fives, but after, like, halfway through, I was like, I, I just got to go to the dugout and, like, give this guy a hug. And, of course, it was Nick, right, to hit the walk-off. So how sweet is that? Fires me up. Love that guy. He works really hard back there, blocks everything, makes sure we're on the same page. You know, I, I shake when I'm comfortable, and he's like, you know, give me the firm – one or three or whatever if he's really feeling something or kind of give me one of these on a full count and it's just nice to have that relationship especially when things get hairy and you're just like we've got to make a, a, a good pitch in the right pitch or right area of pitches and I'm confident with with what, how Nick and I work together. Was there a big moment in particular in this game that um, 3-2 to Marte. We called a cutter, and we had kind of been doing everything. He was just like, all right, let, let's get this one. And I think I, I threw it, and he took it for strike three. And I think he was thinking, like, to take. Like, you think he thought slider, and it just kind of stayed in the zone. And so that was that was a big out. You know, I think it was only the first out of the inning, but I think there was a guy on second, and, and it was able. we were able just to kind of settle in. How long did it take? you to embrace if you were going to be successful in the big leagues that you weren't going to be a prototypical power pitcher in today's game yeah it's weird I mean it's kind of being in the big leagues um focusing a little bit more on executing in triple a I was up to 94 95 I even hit 96 and then I come here and my velo ticks down a little bit more I think it's because I'm trying to execute a little more and so it's kind of just relaxing and just getting after these guys a little bit too knowing it's the same game it's just executing and you got a little bit finer margins but it's the same game every level and with that uh, with that uh, three starts again called obviously the rocky one was shaky but six and two thirds against Phil against Phillies that lineup seven innings against the Mets lineup what does that do for you confidence wise to be able to to hold two division rivals with really good lineups like that as as you said, as you continue to get your confidence up here. Yeah, it's kind of like, like like I said before, just so much, there's so much noise, you know? It's like no one expected me to do anything with the Phillies. So be it. And then you kind of have a little bit of like, all right, you're starting this week. Let's prepare all week. And there's so many things going on. People asking for a ticket, you know, like, and it's just the coach and the players and you want to do well for your team. And it's like, just block all that out. Just like slow it down. I'm a believer, so I'm just trying to pitch for God's glory one pitch at a time, you know, not hope that it goes well or, or you know, whatever, but just like this is, this is have a good week of preparation and then just go compete and, and slow everything down, you know. Um, if they get a rally, they get a hit, any noise from the fans throughout the week, it's just like block out the noise. That was kind of what I was trying to just like block it all out. Let's go on this one pitch. And so 
that that seemed to be working today. When you shut down a Phillies lineup and now a Mets lineup today, does it validate to you that you belong in the big leagues, or have you always known that and you're just waiting for your sustained opportunity every five days? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm confident that I can pitch here or else I wouldn't wouldn't be here, you know what I mean? Um, for me, it's just like staying humble, staying, staying who I am, not getting too too high on myself or not just get, throwing, getting in self-pity after one bad outing. Um, so I, I'm kind of weird to say like, ah, yeah, I belong. It's just a matter of time. But, you know, this, this kind of builds like I, I know I can do it and I just need to be able to execute. Um, but, you know, baseball's a crazy game. Like we saw with that Alonzo double, you know, like anything can happen. So like just try to put a good works week in, a good week of work in and and just keep going you know it's not really these these expectations for myself would you trade would you trade this out for anything else no man it was just really sweet really sweet day family was here really good crowd um it was just a really special day you know i was thinking this morning like man you know it's going to be sweet after if this goes well and just to kind of take a deep breath and you know get back on the horse right away but like enjoy it for a little bit so these days are special for sure was there um guys last one because i get yeah. was there any thought about you possibly in your mind that you would have been able to go back out for the eighth had you've been called upon i know your pitch count was about 93 and you had thrown up 105 in philly so any thought that maybe you could have gone out there for the first two hitters yeah i wanted the ball i always wanted the ball i was like after the fifth, I was like, I'm giving, you know, I, I wanted to give us a chance to win. I knew this was a big game, and, like, all my whole thought was, like, give us a chance to win. And, you know, after the fifth, I was like, we're in this game, and, like, I know we have really good guys behind me, like, like, Okert, Scott, Bass, you know, you name it. And it's like, whatever extra inning I go, just block it all out one at a time, and then when Donnie makes the call, like, that's his call to make, and, like, respect that and, and you know, pass the ball off to the next guy. Dan Castano, after he beat the New York Mets, well, got a no decision, but uh, he certainly lent a big helping hand in beating the Mets yesterday. And as we wrap things up, let's hear from yesterday's hero, Nick Fortes. Nick, what did that swing mean to you? Um, it meant avoiding getting swept, which was awesome. I did not want to get swept against those guys, so that's the biggest thing for me is that we could win that game. Uh, what were you looking for and? Just reaction when you did you know it was going that one and the reaction as you're trying the bases? Um, well, going up to bat, I was just looking for a sinker. I thought he was going to try and throw a first pitch sinker, uh, and then he threw a really good slider first pitch that I did not see well, and it was pretty obvious. So um, I kind of figured he'd throw it again. So I was just sitting on it the next pitch, and thankfully he threw it right there. So what does it feel like going around the bases after hitting a walk off homer, and then obviously everyone's waiting for you at home plate? Um, it's pretty special. It's you know, like running around the bases felt like I was on cloud nine and my parents were here to see it as well. So um, it was pretty awesome. It was a moment I won't forget. Was it cold, the shower? Yeah, especially because <laughs> they just kept opening my shirt and pouring it in my shirt. So, yeah, it was very cold. Yeah, but, but in general, it's a good game for you, not only with the homework, but also behind the plate with Dan and then the rest of the pitching staff. What can you say about that as well? I'm really proud with how Dan minimized. Um, there was a couple moments that could have gotten out of hand, um, and especially against that lineup, he was able to keep them to only two runs in, I think it was seven innings, yeah, um, mm -hmm. which is very, very impressive. And then for the bullpen to come in and throw up three zeros is, is huge, especially against those guys. We talked to you, I guess, however long ago, just about your defense. It seems like the progress you made. First of all, speak to that ninth inning, trying to catch Tanner. 
Yeah, Tanner, uh, he throws hard and he's got really good stuff. And, you know, sometimes he can let a couple go. So uh, just got to be ready. But, um, you know, after a couple of those that got away from him, he was right back in the zone, which is um, another testament to him because, you know, throwing a couple pitches like that, you could let it snowball. But for him to be able to get back in the zone is, is huge. And just, uh, you know, obviously, maybe you're considered a hit-first catcher, but, you know, last year a little bit of struggle when you came up. Just how much did you work on the offseason, that defensive side? Because we're seeing, you know, obviously. Yeah, a bunch um, in the offseason and then through spring training. And then when I got optioned out of spring training, you know, there were things that I needed to work on that they let me know. And, you know, those were the things that I was focused on. I was focused on my defense first because I kind of I knew my hitting would come. So um, I put a lot of focus into that. And I think that mixed with me just being more comfortable is, is what's paying off. Donnie was just praising how far you've gone defensively, whether you're catching games and winning in the big leagues or hitting walk-off home runs. How much validation is there for you that you belong here and you can play at this level? Um, I'd like to think it, it shows that I belong. Um, I definitely feel like I belong. I feel like, you know, no moment's too big. It's it's just fun for me right now. You know, this is, you know, the thing that brings me the most joy is, you know, playing in the big leagues. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, so, you know, hopefully what I'm doing can, can prove that because um, I feel good. I feel really good. Where's the confidence come from? Um, you know, the confidence probably comes from failure, to be honest with you, you know, just going through it over and over again and just learning how to deal with it um, and not let it get to you. So uh, truly, I think the, the confidence comes with failure and just learning from every experience. It's, and that's why last year, you know, getting called up at the end and not having as much success taught me a lot. When was your last walk-off hit? So my last walk-off hit was in Pensacola in double-A last year. Um, that was my only other walk-off home run was uh, in Pensacola against the Biscuits, Montgomery Biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. Excited to see Ole Miss potentially clinch it tonight. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I'm like, <laughs> if they can win a national championship on the same day that I hit my first big league walk-off home run, that would be like full circle. It's just so crazy. How are you going to watch it? You know it's going to be in the air? Yeah, we're going to be on the air. Um, hopefully the plane Wi-Fi works and I can hook up to the ESPN app and watch them. Hopefully bring it home. That'll be all, so cool. <laughs> Going back to that question with Kyle, how much have you been able to pick up maybe from Jacob and also adding up a catching code? I mean, a lot. Both of those guys have been around for a long time and they have way more experience than I do. So, yeah, it's just every time Jacob catches, I try to watch closely and – Whenever he goes about his, his days, I just try to observe. And, you know, there's a reason why he's been around for so long and he's got that gold patch on his glove. So, yeah, I just try to watch everything he does and just try to imitate, you know, his persona out there as much as possible. Nick Fortes after his first career walk-off home run in front of a packed house at Lone Depot Park yesterday. Terrific atmosphere. Marlins walk off the Mets 3-2. to two. No rest for the weary. The Marlins are in St. Louis tonight. A 7.45 start against Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals. Pablo Lopez will go to the mound for Miami. And we'll hit the air at 7.15 locally with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you'll find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.